0: Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Babo Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with the song entitled, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Many people often joke about the gift that keeps on giving. They're referring to the much maligned fruitcake. There's a story of friends who have passed the same fruitcake back and forth as a Christmas gift for 30 years. Johnny Carson put forth the idea that really there's only one fruitcake in the world and it was being continually re-gifted. Culinary lore claims that ancient Egyptians would put an early version of the fruitcake on the tomb of the loved ones. The fruitcake became more common in Roman times when the pomegranate seeds, pine nuts, and barley mash were mixed to form a ring-shaped dessert. Roman soldiers often brought fruitcakes with them to the battlefield because fruitcake was portable and had a long shelf life. Late in the Middle Ages... Preserved fruit, spices, and honey were added, and fruit cakes gained further popularity with the Crusaders. With sugar becoming cheap and plentiful in the 16th century, people starting adding cupfuls to the mix as well as candied Mediterranean fruits and nuts. Each successive century seemed to contribute yet another element to the cake until it became weighty with the cumulative ingredients. By the early 18th century, fruitcakes became synonymous with a decadence and was outlawed in Europe where it was proclaimed sinfully rich. The law was eventually repealed. Today, there are many different versions of fruitcake that vary by region. To us believers, the Lord Jesus Christ is also a gift that keeps giving. He offers salvation as a free gift. And with that then comes joy, peace, hope, and patience. The very best gifts of all. Listen now as John and Penny Harris sing for us this beautiful song entitled, No Wonder the Angels Sang. This to join the morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30, then at 10.45 we all gather in the main auditorium for a morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altunabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown and Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are service available on the local radio station Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at area code 814 942 2131. Listen now as Nancy McClellan and Randy Bickle play for us on the piano this song entitled, Oh, holy night. Germany is credited with starting the Christmas tree tradition as we know it in the 16th century when devout Christians brought decorated trees into their homes. Some built Christmas pyramids of wood and decorated them with evergreens and candles if wood was scarce. It is a widely held belief that Martin Luther, the 16th century Protestant reformer, first added lighted candles to a tree. Walking toward his home on one winter evening, composing a sermon, he was awed by the brilliance of stars twinkling amidst the evergreens. To recapture the scene for his family, he erected a tree in the main room and wired its branches with lighted candles. In mid-19th century, Christmas trees were still an oddity in America. The first record of one being on display was in 1830s by the German settlers of Pennsylvania. All those trees had a tradition in many German homes for many years. As late as the 1840s, Christmas trees were seen as pagan symbols and not accepted by most Americans. To the New England Puritans, Christmas was sacred. The Pilgrim's second governor, William Bradford, wrote that he tried to stamp out the pagan mockery of the observance and penalize the frivolity. The influential Oliver Cromwell preached against the heathen traditions of the Christmas cards, decorated trees, and any joyful expression of the season. In 1659, you could be fined for hanging decorations. It was not until the great influx of German and Irish immigrants in the 19th century that the Puritan stronghold began to wane. In 1846, the popular Queen Victoria and Prince Albert were sketched standing with their children around a Christmas tree, and immediately the tree gained acceptance not only in England but also America." By the 1890s, Christmas ornaments began arriving in America from Germany. Most European homes used small trees averaging four feet in height, while the Americans-like trees stretched floor to ceilings. Christmas trees began to appear in town squares across the country, and having a tree in the home became an American tradition. As we use these days to prepare to celebrate the Lord's birth, We hope you remember it's not about the tree or the gifts. It's about the perfect Son of God coming to us as a babe to redeem mankind. Listen now as Scott Delosier sings this beautiful song for us entitled, The First Noel.
1: Just did say was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep <laughs> nowhere no Noel, Noel. Shining in the east, beyond them, far and to the earth, it gave great light and so.
0: Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is the wise men and the star. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 3. And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Numerous Christmas traditions prevail over the actual biblical account concerning the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. These Christmas traditions come from various sources, including Christmas hymns such as We Three Kings of Orient Are or The First Noel. Some of these man-made traditions include the number of the wise men, three, the wise men following a star that continually shined until it led them to the manger, the wise men arrived at the birth of Christ and were present at the manger at the birth, and tradition even has given the names of the three wise men. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And this is what the Word of God tells us about the tradition of men. The assumption that there were three wise men is based on the fact that there were three gifts. The biblical truth is that we don't know the number of wise men or the number in their traveling entourage. The star did not shine and lead them the whole way from their country to Bethlehem. If the wise men followed the star the whole time to Bethlehem, then why did they stop at Jerusalem to ask where the king could be found? The star appeared to the wise men in the east, but they had to travel west to reach Jerusalem. The wise men's journey began in Babylon, the modern-day country of Iraq. It takes the wise men approximately two years to get their things together, their supplies, and then to complete the journey. They arrived in Jerusalem about two years after the birth of Christ. Two years after Luke chapter number two. The wise men were never called kings in the Bible because they were not kings. They were Gentiles from the east of Jerusalem, most likely from the modern day country of Iraq. Matthew chapter 2 does not record the events concerning the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 2 contains the only mention of the wise men. After their arrival in Jerusalem, they asked, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. The wise men came to Jerusalem because Jerusalem was the spiritual capital of Israel. Surely they would know about the birth of the king. So, the star so they would tell these wise men where he could be found and that they could come and worship him instead herod and all jerusalem was troubled and we can somewhat understand herod's reaction because he had just been named the king of the jews herod demanded know from the chief priests and the scribes where he was to be born the chief priests and scribes correctly answered Bethlehem based upon the prophecy found in Micah chapter 5, verse number 2. As the wise men began to resume their journey from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, the star which they saw in the east now reappears to them and led them directly to the house, not the manger, and stood over the house where the young child was and not a baby. If you understand the geography of Israel, Bethlehem is five miles to the south of of Israel, of Jerusalem, and the city of Nazareth is to the north. So man directed the wise men south to the city of Bethlehem, but his star directed them to the precise and exact location of the Lord Jesus Christ to the north in Nazareth. Luke chapter 2, verse number 39. Matthew two nine says, When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Stars differ widely in mass, size, temperature, and total energy output. More than 90% of all stars have masses between one-tenth and fifty times that of the sun. The most luminous stars, excluding the supernova, are about 10 million times more powerful than the sun, while the least luminous are only 100th as powerful. If it was just a star, would not the house have been consumed in fire? The star was not a shooting star, a falling star, or a conjunction or alignment of planets. How could a shooting star, a falling star, an alignment of planets appear, disappear, reappear, and then guide the wise men to the precise house, the precise location of the Lord Jesus Christ? And how do we know the star disappeared and then later reappeared to the wise men? Matthew chapter 2, verse number 10. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. It is obvious they had not seen the star the whole trip christmas cards depicting the three wise men on a journey following a star is not the biblical account if the star which is called his star is not a falling star or a conjunction of planets what is the identity of the star the star his star is the shekinah glory of god exodus chapter number 40 verses 34 and verse 35 Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation, because a cloud abode thereon. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And these three gifts were not given by some chance or some accident, or given to indicate the number of the wise men. These three gifts represent the threefold office of the Lord Jesus Christ to the nation of Israel. Gold, king. Revelation nineteen sixteen, he is the king of kings. Frankincense, priest. Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 10, the high priest. Myrrh, death, the suffering servant. John chapter number 19, verse number 39. The Lord Jesus Christ was born, came into this world, Because he took on the form of man, he became a servant, and he was found in the fashion of man. He humbled himself, Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. And he became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, because over the manger is the cross, because he came to die for the sins of the whole world, for your sins and for my sins. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? You've never trusted Him. You need to trust Him right now, right where you have the breath of life, before it's eternally too late. And for us who are saved, we need to understand the true meaning of Christmas. We need to keep studying God's Word and understand the biblical account and be grounded in God's Word to rejoice of our Savior.